This evening is a personal talk. Um, this message has come out of a personal and a family journey. Um, for, for some time, my, um, my family and I have been on a search looking for a, a, a mission or a vision statement that would help to, that would help us to focus in terms of the raising of our four children, um, my, my tribe. And, um, this verse that we're going to be looking at in this, in this context is a place that the Lord has brought me. As I was doing my devotions one morning, I came across 3 John chapter 4 and the verse reads, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. And I said, wow, that verse has always been there. But it just jumped off the pages as if the Lord said, this, this is the one. And it was an encouragement, a challenge, and an encouragement to think. John said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. I want you to pause for a few moments and imagine. Imagine God the Father writing you a letter. And in that letter he says, and he calls your name. I've heard some good things about you. And I have no greater joy than to hear that Jen is walking in truth. Patrick is walking in truth. Harold is walking in truth. Imagine if God the Father said that about you. Just pause for a moment and think. How would you feel? What would run through your mind? How would you be encouraged to hear your Heavenly Father tell you, I am excited that you're walking in truth. Let's look at this verse in context, though. One of the things that um, Patrick even mentioned this morning, and Pastor Leo says, context is king. And so we want to read that verse in its context, in 3 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. It says, The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you, and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you were walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense about us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers, and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. 
Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Now Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. Now some background. This book was written by John the Apostle. He wrote four others, including the um, Epistle of John, First and Second John and Revelation. And he was writing to his friend Gaius. And he wrote him this letter for, for a few reasons. He starts off his letter with a brief introduction. He says, Gaius, I want to encourage you. I've heard some good things about you. I've heard that you've been walking in the truth. Persons are coming and telling me about the way you've been living. But not only that guy, not only that guy, I've also heard this is other fellow, Diotrephes. He's not walking in the truth. I hear he's causing problems. I hear he's causing issues. I want to warn you about this guy, give you some information on this fellow. Beware. And then I also want to tell you about this other man of mine, another friend, another missionary, Demetrius. And this is a good guy. This is a, this is a fellow who walks in the truth. And that's a brief Overview. The word truth is mentioned seven times. So I get the impression that that is the tech key of the verse, truth. But I believe verse four is a key text of the passage. John also mentions the same perspective in second John. He says in second John one four, I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. And so John is telling us truth walking. That's my phrase. Truth walking is critical. And that's the question I want to ask you this morning, this evening. Are you a truth walker? Do you walk in the truth? Is this your practice as a believer, as a child of God? John says, I have no greater joy. There's nothing that gives me more pleasure. When I compare this to anything else, this thing, this walking in truth, gives me no greater joy. My college education, my degrees, my, my financial success, my educational success, this doesn't give the father joy. Walking in truth. This is where he gets his greatest joy. All the accomplishments that we do as believers in our life. This text written by John says, the father has no greater joy than to hear that we're walking in truth. And not just that he, he has joy. People are testifying of this truth. He says he has heard about it. He tells him, he says, you know, beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do. I've heard them testify to your truth. Brothers came to me and told me, I saw him walking in truth. He's not just a talker. He's just a fellow who says it. You know, listen, I believe what scripture says and I read it and I study it. These brothers came back and said, John, this fellow walks in truth. He lives what he believes. He lives what he believes. And people will talk about it. 
people will talk about you. When you live the truth, when you walk the truth, they will talk. The sad thing though is, when you don't live the truth, when you don't walk the truth, they will talk as well. And the question is, what type of walker will you be? Will you be a walker of truth or a walker of error? What will people say about you? He also said, listen, people will talk about you. He said, I've heard, I've heard. I get no greater joy. I hear that you're walking in truth. But he says, listen, they're my children. You know, no matter what anybody says, people talk about us loving one another. But you know it's no greater joy than to hear your children. When you hear your children made the honor roll, that's exciting. When you hear the other child made the honor roll, eh, that's exciting too. But when your child makes the honor roll, when your child comes back and says, you know what? They finished their school, they finished their studies, and they got that qualification. That's my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. Imagine our heavenly father. My children. See them there? Not the other guy's children. Because he has his children as well. Amen? But my children, they are walking in truth. Imagine how our heavenly father feels that his children, his children are walking living in truth. When my wife and I did the truth project, and how many of you have done the truth project before? You remember the definition of truth? Anyone remember the definition of truth? From the Webster's Dictionary? Anyone? Okay, let me, let, me, let me remind you then. Truth is defined as conformity to fact or reality. When we walk, we walk in truth. We walk in the facts, in the reality, and what we know to be truth. Now, what is the fact and reality? What is truth? John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth. His word is truth. Ephesians 1, 13 says, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, the word of God is truth. But it also says in John 14, 16, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what is truth? Is Jesus truth? Is, is the word truth? Or are they both truth? Well, Jesus Christ is the embodiment of truth. The word of God is truth written for us to read. For when Jesus Christ was here on this earth, he lived. He was Truth personified. Truth realized. Truth lived. And he is our example. And as we watch that example that he has shown us in his word, and as we read the truth of God's word, this is how we are to live. This is how we are to walk. We're to be people of truth. The text says, Our Father's joy. Imagine that our father's joy is to hear that his children are living the truth, living the facts of God's word, demonstrating the life that Jesus Christ lived. 
that brings our Father joy. But it comes at a price. When I look at the text, letting the text speak to it, it says, yes, there are results of this walking in truth. It does bring God joy. And guess what? The brother got a good testimony. When he lived the life according to truth, when he came to church, people said, let me tell you about this fellow, man. He's walking in truth. People patted him on the back. People encouraged him, man. Good example. Good role model. You look good. But the problem is there's also another side of that. Walking in truth does not always come with people encouraging you, people giving you words of accolades. And those of you who live out there in the real world realize, listen, it's not always fun and games. It's not always words of encouragement. When we look at the text and we look at, at 3 John, we look at the uh, verse 9, it says, Yes, when you took care of these brothers and you showed them love, persons testified of that. But there was this fellow named Diotrephes. John said, when I wrote to this guy, this guy didn't even want to acknowledge my authority. John? John who? He says, when I come, I get deal with him. Not only was he not acknowledging my authority, he was talking wicked nonsense against us. Listen, when you start to walk, when you walk in truth, people aren't going to be pleased. They're going to talk about you. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? What do you, what, 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 you think you're something special? They're going to also start to contend with you. He says, what, not only were they talking nonsense against us, they weren't even content with that. They refused to welcome the brothers. You're going to have opposition. People aren't going to like what you do. They're going to stand against you. They're going to confront you. And it says, not only they refuse to welcome the brothers, they stop those who want to. So when you try to walk in truth, not only are they going to come against you and be in opposition, they're going to try to stop you from walking in truth. And then they're going to go to the next step. They can even put you out of church. They can try to hurt you. You see, when you start to walk in truth, you can expect opposition. This is not an easy road to walk. It may be something that gives God joy, but when you do walk in truth, when you start walking in truth, you're going to meet up with opposition. This begs the question. If you're not meeting up with opposition, are you walking in the truth? On your job? In your home? Someone asked a question one time, I think it was in our Sunday school class. We were talking about the enemy and him battling against you. So the question is, if we have an enemy... And he's fighting against those of us who are Christians who are standing up for God. What does it mean when you don't have any opposition? If you don't have any conflicts, if the enemy is not coming against you, then what are you doing? Are you in the battle? Are you on the battlefield? If you're not feeling any opposition, are you in the war? Are you walking in truth? If there is no opposition, you need to question and ask yourself, am I truly Walking in truth. But he says, you know what? I want to encourage you though. Don't worry about that fellow. I mean, I want to encourage you. Imitate the good. Not the evil. Don't mind the opposition. Don't mind the challenges because they're going to come. But listen, Gaius, 
Do right. And I'm encouraging you, no matter what the opposition, do right. Do what is good. That is what we are called to be. We are called to be truth walkers. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, be imitators of God. Be imitators of what is good, not of what is evil. What does that mean today? We've gone through a bit through third John. They tell me to be a truth walker. They tell me I'm going to meet up with opposition. What does that mean today? What do I do with that? How do I become a truth walker? Well, first of all, you need to know what the truth is. I always hear Pastor Lee make the comment of what about Bible study? What about teleos? What about the resources that are available? How are you going to walk in the truth if you don't know what the truth is? How are you going to know if you don't read, if you don't study, if you don't meditate, if you don't memorize? I told my wife the other day, I was looking, I started to get your iPad and everything on the iPad now. So I, I, I got a new app. And I got an app on habits. And I, and I put all my different things I'd like to do. And so I had a, I had a habit. I said, okay, I'll do my devotions. I'll do my prayer time. I drink my glass, my five glasses. It's eight glasses of water, right? I drink five. Five glasses of water, do my exercise, all the, all the good things you do. And as I was ticking off every day, I noticed a very terrible, consistent, consistency that was a problem. Yeah, I, I did the exercise, I, I did the glasses of water, I did all, but I noticed prayer always seemed to be something. Remember the message this morning? You trade one blessing for, for something that is not worth it? You say, well, I gotta get up early, I gotta exercise, I gotta do this. But, okay, I could put prayer on the side. I, I, I could come back to reading my Bible. I could come back. What is the habit we should be developing? As truth walkers, if we want to walk in truth, we need to know what the truth of God is. We need to spend time in the truth to get an understanding of what it is. And not just from the point of just Okay, what are the, 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 the philosophical perspectives of truth? But just the day-to-day understanding of what God wants me to do. I always, I, this is one of the things that always gets me, this particular one. Customs duty. Oh, that one, that one always gets me. It's amazing how we justify our not paying as customs duty. I had a, a Christian friend of mine. Christian friend, uh, Christian brother, Christian, I had to put that, Christian brother. We were talking about customs, you know, he said, um, it's amazing, you know, some people would say, when they're coming in a custom boy, I, I wanted my cousin so-and-so is working, um, um, you know, because, you know, I want him to be there when I come in. Now, I'm thinking, you know, we, you know, you want a friend to be, no, 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 we know why we want cousin Fred to be on duty when we come in for customs, because we don't intend to pay customs. And I always find it amazing. We know what we're going away for. We got the money in our pocket. We know we're coming back. But for some reason, we get to justify it. I mean, the best one I've heard was when the fellow said, when the pastor comes back and the custom agent doesn't charge him, that's a blessing from the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a gift from God. So I asked a customs agent one time. I said, explain to me. Can a customs agent give you an exemption? He said, as far as I know, the only man who can get an exemption for not paying customs is the governor general. He said, you've got to be joking. I ain't what I understand. No, because what's that? That's revenue to the country. 
And I'm not mistaken, there's a passage in Scripture that says specifically to pay what? Pay what? Pay your taxes. That's truth. That one, you ain't got to even go to that and do no Bible study on that. That's a simple one. But imagine the testimony that we have when we come back and don't walk in truth. What is that saying to the customs agent who is watching you, who professes? And he, you see, he was here Sunday morning at Calvary Bible Church. He saw you in the period. So you're raising your hand, doing praise and worship and doing all that stuff. And now he sees you coming through customs and you're trying to work something up. That's a sidetrack. My apologies. Sidetrack. But we don't just need to know the truth. We need to live the truth we know. Sometimes we want to wait and say, you know what? I need to get more truth. After I finish this program and tell you off and I do the, the Bible study methods and the survey of the, of the New Testament, and when I do the, all the theological studies, then I'm going to be able to walk in truth. Listen, you've got enough truth right now that you could walk in. Walk in the truth that you have. Whatever you have, walk in that truth. And as you walk in that truth, God is going to give you more enlightenment, more truth to walk in. But whatever he's given you now, walk in there. And you've got to walk in truth in all areas of your life, not just in church. It's amazing. Sometimes we, we, we put on the, the masks or the robes or we, we walk the walk when we come to church. But when we get out there, there's a different walk we walk. We walk a truth walk in church. But when we get out there in the workplace, that's a different walk because we're under different circumstances. You know, you don't understand. Everybody in here is all lovey-dovey and friendly and we all work together. But when you get out there in the real world, where the problems are, I got to be able to walk a different walk because you don't know the challenges I face. I don't see the text saying that. Truth. All the time. There is no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth than they come to church on Sunday morning. There's no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth when they go to man's Bible study, when they come to Sunday school, when they're involved in a wana. There's no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth in those specific circumstances. But I understand that they can't walk in truth all the time. And there are situations that justify them not walking in truth. Colossians 3.17 says a few points on truth. In all situations, in your marriages, on your jobs, at the school, in the church, in your relationship, with your children, we should be truth walkers. And I said, well, give me a passage that kind of pulls all those different areas together. So I said, Colossians 3.17. Whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to the Father through him. He said, let me talk to you wives. Submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Right here. Do not be harsh with them. But see, and even that, we, we like to joke about that, but man, we've we got to be Sensitive. We're supposed to treat them like the what? What the scripture says in, 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 in um, Peter says, as the 
beaker vessel. Thank you, bro. But Pastor Lee said it's like, like a fine piece of china. Jack says, what should we do? We should love them. Don't be harsh. Be gentle. Children, obey your parents in most things. Because you know parents, they know everything. So in most things, no. The text says in everything. For this pleases the Lord. Fathers, don't provoke your children lest they become discouraged. When we go to work, bond servants, obey in the boss saying sharp, you know. But obey in everything, in everything, those who are your earthly masters, not by eye service. Oh, you, you, you come, you're coming now, you're coming now. Watch, watch, you coming. Let's get to work, let's get to work, let's get to work. You gone? Okay. What are we doing again? Not with eye service, as people pleases, but with sincerity of heart, bearing who? The boss? Fairing the politician? Fairing who? Who is you supposed to have fair for that dictates how you conduct yourself, how you walk on the job? The Lord. And whatever you do, work heartily. Oh, this, 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 this one was a, was, a, was a hit. was a hard hit. Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. No matter what the fella comes on TV and says about you, no matter how much he talks bad about what you do on the job. Oh, by the way, I work the BEC. If you didn't know, no matter what he says. And see, and this one, this was, this, this was the, the, the truth walking reality that the Lord brought to me. You sit there, man, man, come on, we ain't got to put up with this. But the Lord says, wait a minute, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man, knowing that from the Lord you receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving who? I'm not serving Leslie Miller. I'm serving Christ. So when I go to BEC, I'm not serving him. I'm serving Christ. So I'm doing my work as unto the Lord, not unto man. So no matter what he says or what he does, that doesn't dictate to how I am to walk in truth. That's how we conduct ourselves. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the situation, I don't care what the woman tell you, what the fella say, the Bible says to love her. It didn't say conditionally. It says to love her. This is one that, that always touches me. Because one of, the st- one of the things I've been looking at recently is the challenges in the area of sexual purity. And one of the challenges, they said that they did a study on pastors. And they said of the 2,172 pastors polled, 44% of those pastors said they had an extra matter of faith. 44%. They said of the young people they polled, 88% of those young people were involved in sexual relationships. It's unmarried young people. 88%. That's a serious statistic. That's a serious challenge. That's a lot of people and a lot of situations where people are not walking in truth. But scripture says, we got to be careful. One of the things it tells us is to be careful of being unequally yoked, joined together. But there was a verse, a passage that I looked at. Now I'll close with this. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 8. 
For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, because that no one transgressed and wronged his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all things, as we told you beforehand and solely, solemnly warned you. For God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. That is true. Not my truth. The truth. And we are to walk in this truth. Imagine what our world would look like if just Calvary Bible Church and its members were 100% truth walkers in this country. Imagine what impact we could have in this country, in the business places, in the schools, in the homes, in the organizations we are a part of. Imagine if we were 100%. Whenever we made a decision, whenever we made a choice, whenever we made, we walked in the sun, we would always say, what is the truth that I need to live in this situation? Imagine what would happen in this country. But more importantly, imagine how we would make God if we were Brother, sister, I have no greater joy. There's nothing more exciting to me as your heavenly father to hear that my children are walking in truth. Imagine how God Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we know there are times we have failed, but we thank you that your forgiveness is available, always available. Your grace and mercy are a confession away. We thank you, Father. We thank you that when we have fallen, you have made a way for us. In 1 John 1, 9, you said if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We're sorry for the times we failed you, Father. Those times when we have not walked in the truth. And we ask you now, Father, to empower us, to strengthen us, to encourage us, that in those times of weakness, we can rest and trust in you. You said in those times of weakness, we can be strong in your strength. To do what we know is right. To say what we know is right. To live what we know is truth. We thank you for the difference that is going to occur in this country because of the lies and the truth walking of the members of Calvary Bible Church. The difference is going to be made in the workplace, in the families, in the homes, in the relationships, Father God, in the places 
that we go into, people will see truth walking. They will testify of our God and how good he is. And Father, I pray that as we walk in truth, you would get joy. You would be glorified. You would be praised. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.